This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is not uncommon today to hear people predict the end of time. Sometimes they even refer to certain events and they say that those events are telling us that the end is near. And they make predictions about the end of time. My, my question is, is it possible for men to predict with any degree of accuracy the time when Jesus Christ will come again and the end of time will arrive. Why don't we study that today? We're going to be studying today the end of time. Are there any signs to predict when that will happen? Let's study that today together. I'm Billy Lambert and I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible and I want to welcome you today. And today on Getting to Know Your Bible we're offering a free Bible correspondence course emphasize that it is free and we want you to have it in order that you might know more about the course and how you can receive it let's pause for just a moment to help you in your study of the Bible we want to send you this Bible correspondence course this course is non-denominational it's based on the Bible it's conducted by mail and it's free to receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read to you now from Matthew, the 24th chapter. And I want to read one passage of Scripture. Verse 34. Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Why do you suppose that statement is made? You know, the Bible is best studied if we put passages of Scripture into their context. That is, if we look at passages that precede and passages that follow. And so we want to put verse 34 into context today. And what is he talking about? He says this generation is not going to pass, that is not going to die, till all these things be fulfilled. What are the things to be fulfilled? Well, let's go back to the very first part of chapter 24. And in the first four verses of chapter 24, Jesus and his disciples are reviewing the temple area. This was a sacred spot to the Jewish world. And later, Jesus, while they were there, made this statement, there's a time coming in this place that there's now going to be one stone upon another. That is, the temple is going to be destroyed. Now, later, 
privately, the disciples ask him this question. When shall these things be? In other words, can we know when the temple is going to be destroyed? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? In reality, there's more than one question asked here. First of all, Jesus was asked, when shall these things be? Are there any signs to let us know when the temple is going to be destroyed? Are there any signs to let us know what's going to happen to the Jewish world? And beginning in verse 5, Jesus began to give certain signs to let them know when the temple was going to be destroyed. Well, first of all, if you'll note in verse 5, there would be false teachers. It was Josephus, an ancient historian, who testified that there were many false teachers in that day. Another sign was wars and rumors of wars in verse 6. And he went on, Josephus went on to say, from every part of the empire, Wars followed in succession. So in, in that day, they had wars and they had rumors of wars. In verse 7, he talked about famines. And in the days of Claudius Caesar, there was a famine that went throughout the earth. In Acts the 11th chapter, in verses 27 to 30, the disciples were gathering up funds for the helping of those who had been affected by the famine. And then he predicted that earthquakes would be a sign that the end was near. In verse 8, he talks about those earthquakes. In the days of Nero, there were many earthquakes in the land. Another sign is that they would be delivered to death. That's in verse number 9. Peter, Paul, James, and James Aless all died violent deaths. They were delivered to death. Another sign that would let them know when the city of Jerusalem was going to be destroyed is that there would be apostasies. Our Lord predicted and stated that you need to beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. Later, the Apostle Paul talked about apostasy. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some would depart from the faith. But then another sign about that was the gospel would go to all of the world in verse number 14. In Colossians, the first chapter in verse 23, Paul explained that the gospel had been preached to the whole world in his day. It was Eusebius who wrote, and he was a historian, the gospel like this was like the sun enlightening the world at once. The gospel spread throughout the world, and I can only hope and only pray, and only have the deep desire in my heart that someday we can see the gospel spread throughout the earth today and change the earth for good. Another sign that would accompany the end is that it would be the end of the Jewish world. Notice verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. Then, notice verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. What was the abomination of desolation? The encirclement of Jerusalem by the Roman army was the abomination 
of desolation. The army of Titus commanded by Cestius Gallus for some unknown reason lifted the siege for a time giving Christians an opportunity to flee from the city. But they lifted up Roman symbols in the holy place, even in the most holy place. And that was an abomination, a desecration of those things that belong to God. And that, my friends, was the abomination of desolation. And, and then there was the disciples fleeing from the city of Jerusalem. And you read about that in verses 10 through 18. And they fled to a place called Pella. They were instructed not to even take their clothes with them. And then in verse 27 and 28, he said, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. What is he talking about? The eagles and the carcass. Vespasian and Titus were returning from a campaign against the Parthians. And they decided to go to Jerusalem to put down the rebellion that was going on in Jerusalem. So they went from the east to the west to the Jerusalem to put down that rebellion. And the carcass refers to the death of the Jews. The eagles refer to the Roman army. The symbol of an eagle was on the Roman standard. And when they entered into the holy place, that was, the, that was defiling the holy place. The decoration of the Roman standard was the eagle. And then in verse 29, he's talking about after the tribulation, what would happen immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. What is he talking about after the tribulation? August the 10th, A.D. 70, there were 1,100,000 people killed in Jerusalem. Darkness settled over the land. And so this is what he's talking about. There was the fall of the Jewish state in A.D. 70. And then he talks about the coming of the Son of Man in verse 30. And this is a frequent term that is used not only in the New Testament, Old Testament as well. For example, in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 9, he says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. Well, is he talking about the second coming of Christ? No. He's talking about the coming of the day of the Lord in judgment on Babylon. And the day of the Lord in verse 30 is the day of judgment upon Jerusalem. But let's continue to read. And then in verse 32 and 33, he explains that when you see all of this happen, the end is, is near. But I want us to focus now on verse 34 that we read in the very beginning. Listen now. I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Now listen to verse 33. So likewise, when you shall see these things, know that it's near. What is near? The end of Jerusalem? The end of the Jewish state? It's at the doors? And he says, this is your generation. Is not, you're not going to die until all of this is fulfilled. So Jesus is answering the question to, to his disciples, 
What's the sign of that when the temple is going to be destroyed? Remember, they were walking in the temple area, and Jesus said there'll be a time when one stone is not going to be left upon another. This is the temple will be destroyed, and indeed it was. It was destroyed. But what about the second question? Well, what about the question they ask about the, the second coming of Christ and the end of the world? That's another answer. Now look at look, verse number 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Now it's answering the question about the end of time. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now verse 36. But of that day and hour, of what day and of what hour? And of the day and hour when the heaven and the earth passes away. Of that day and of that hour, he says, knoweth no man. And there is no man. There is no preacher. There is no tele-evangelist who knows. Knoweth no man. He said, no, not the angels of heaven. The angels of heaven don't know when the heaven and earth was going to pass away. If you read Mark's account of this in Mark the 13th chapter and verse 32, he says even the Son doesn't know. Jesus doesn't even know when this is going to happen. Well, who knows when the end is coming? Listen to it. But my Father only. Now, I want to be as Christian as I can possibly be, kind, but when we hear people telling us that you can predict when Christ is coming back, we, we can know that that's not accurate. Because the only one who has that information is God himself. And so we cannot know when the end of time is coming. The city of Jerusalem has been destroyed and there were signs to let them know when that was going to happen. But there are no signs to let us know when Christ is going to return. And there may be reasons God did not give us signs to let us know when His Son would return. He gave us all the information in the Bible He wanted us to have about the end of time. And it's enough to know that I need to live my life in view of one day standing before my God on the day of judgment at the end of time. That, that's all I need to know. Therefore, I will prepare myself for the inevitable. And I will live my life in constant preparation for that event. That's the way we ought to live our lives today. Let's not be speculating about things that God has not revealed in His Word. Let me read it again to you. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour, the day and hour, the heaven and earth passes away. And it will one day in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 102, verses 25 and 26. 
The psalmist even said, Of old thou hast laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens of the work of thy hand. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Inasmuch as God will endure, God will last forever, but the heavens and the earth is not going to last forever. It just seems to me that it's in the interest of our eternal salvation to put our faith and our trust and our hope in God and not in things that pertain to this life. Because the things of this world will not endure. Men today are all concerned about the stock market. They're concerned about businesses. We're concerned about this, that, and the other. Well, one day all of those things are going to be destroyed. One day the stock market is going to melt in the fervent heat of that day. It'll be gone forever, for all eternity. But what will not be gone forever is, uh, is everlasting life. To those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ by believing on Him, by repenting of their sins, by confessing their faith in Jesus, by being baptized into Christ, because our Lord said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached that first recorded gospel sermon, at the beginning of the Christian age, the people ask him this question, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered and said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And so that's how we prepare for that day, as believers in Jesus. We repent of our sins. We ought to be willing to confess the sweet name of Jesus before others. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. An example of a man doing that is in Acts 8. When Peter uh, Philip preached to the man from Ethiopia, and the, and the man asked, Why can't I be baptized? He said, If you believe with all your heart you can, and he said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he, that man was then baptized into Christ that his sins might be washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Have you ever done that? I would urge you to do that. The Lord is coming one day when we do not know. But I know this, that when he comes back, life will be going on as usual. Notice in verse 37 of Matthew chapter 24, he says, as in the days of Noah were, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. When Christ returns, life will be going on as usual. People will be marrying, giving in marriage. While a woman would get up early in the morning to fix breakfast for her husband and for her children before the husband leaves for work and the children go to school. There will be a secretary somewhere sitting at the computer working on something, and that will be the last job she will ever perform. There will be someone on a vacation somewhere traveling with their family somewhere across the United States, or some other place in the world. But they will never finish that vacation. You see, life will be going on as usual 
when Jesus Christ comes. And there's going to be, that's going to be the greatest day that ever existed in the history of the world. It's going to be just like it was when Noah lived. They will be taken by surprise. Now, that's the reason that I urge people everywhere to prepare for what's coming. Doesn't that make sense to you? That we ought to prepare ahead of time for those things that are coming. Can we predict when that's going to happen? Absolutely not. Because the only person who can predict when the end is coming and when Christ is coming is God himself. Only the Father knows that. The Son doesn't know. The angels don't know. No preacher knows. I don't know. You don't know. My mother didn't know. She was a godly woman, but she didn't know. My father was a godly man, but he didn't know. I grew up under godly preachers, and they sat at their feet, listened to them preach, but they didn't know. There's not a human being on the face of this earth who has ever lived or ever will live that knows when Jesus Christ is coming. But you'll know it when he does because you will hear it. And, and he will come with a shout and with the voice of the archangel of the trumpet of God. And folk, you're not going to mistake it for thunder. When Jesus comes, the dead are going to be raised up. The hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good in the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is coming back someday. And our charge is to be ready when he comes. I've often thought, what would I have done or where would I, have, would I be today if Jesus Christ had come yesterday? Where would I be today? If Jesus had come yesterday, where would he have found me? If Jesus had come yesterday, what would he have heard me say? If Jesus had come yesterday, what would he have found in my home? Would he have found people that loved God and loved Jesus and loved each other? Would he have found fussing, fighting, confusion? What would he have found in your home? If Jesus had come yesterday, Would you have been saved? You said, Brother Lambert, I've been thinking about it. I've been watching you a long time, Brother Lambert, and I've heard you read Bible verses that teach us what to do to be saved. But I've always wondered if we could know when the end was coming, and I thought right maybe before the end gets here that I'd do something. That might be the reason God didn't give us the, the, all the signs of when, when Christ is coming back because some people would delay until the very last minute, and then they'd try to get right with God. We don't know, so we need to get right with God now. Don't gamble with your soul. If he had come yesterday, would you have been saved? Well, I've been thinking about it. I've intended to. Do you realize there are people that are already in eternity who just thought about it? They thought about giving their life to Christ. That They thought about being baptized. They thought about being a faithful member of the church. 
They just thought about it. If Christ had come yesterday, would you have been ready? But you say, I, I'm, I'm, I plan to. I know you do. do. Do you realize about the time that we get ready to live is when we die? That that's when we leave this old world? I hope to appeal to your heart today that you'll get your life right with God. Jesus is coming someday. And he's coming for his own. Let me read you his promise one more time. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. When, Jesus, are you coming? My father knows. I don't. But I'm coming when he tells me it is time. And there is a date on the calendar when God is going to say, the time has come, the end has arrived. It may be before I finish this sermon. It may be before I eat my lunch today. It may be before someone gets up out of their bed today. We have no idea. And that's the reason I urge people everywhere to stay in a state of readiness. Watch and pray. For indeed our Lord will return very soon. I want to urge you, if you've never become a Christian, to obey the gospel. Do it quickly. And if you're ready to be baptized into Christ and you need someone to baptize you, contact us. We will have someone that nears, lives, lives near you to get in touch with you and baptize you into Christ. I want to urge you to continue to watch Getting to Know Your Bible in the Future and visit the Church of Christ in your community and right now pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Do that without any hesitation at all. And, and also please encourage someone else Watch Getting to Know Your Bible. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.